You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today you're watching the second part of my Panthers preview doubleheader Today on this episode, we're going to be going uh, through the 49ers defense and how they match up against the Panthers offense on Sunday. What's going on, Melissa? Um, Yeah, drop in some comments if you guys are watching. uh, You know, I want to know what you guys think about this matchup. What are your concerns? What are you most excited to see in this one? Let me know in the comments as always. Uh, But before we go into the preview, let's head on over to talk about some 49ers news because we did get some news, some injury reports. Uh, The final injury report came out for this game and Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead have both been declared out for this game. Eric Armstead, he may miss next week's game as well versus Atlanta. And there's even a chance he gets placed on IR uh, per uh, several reports. So, Guys like Charles Amenehue, Kerry Hyder, Kevin Givens, Hassan Ridgeway, all those guys, they're likely to get some increased snaps in this game with both Armstead and Kinlaw out. Um, and I, you know, honestly, I think they'll be able to fill in those shoes just fine. Uh, there's a reason that this defensive line is so deep. And a lot of the backups on this defensive line would probably be starters somewhere else. So, That's how good this defensive line is. I'm not too worried about Kinlaw and Armstead being out. Um, I think those guys will be able to step up in a big way. Uh, The latest on Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward possibly getting activated. What Kyle Shanahan did confirm that Verrett won't be activated this week, but there's still a chance on Jimmy Ward. If they activate Jimmy Ward, that move would have to happen tomorrow, Saturday. So if we don't hear anything by Saturday's end, it means that he won't be playing in Sunday's game. If he does get activated, um, it means there's a good chance that he will. So keep an eye on that tomorrow, Saturday. Melissa here says she's most excited for Dre Greenlaw and Charlie Warner. Whew, Charlie Warner, that is quite the... (laughs) quite the player to be excited for, but Hey, no judgment. I know George Kittle not doing too much these days uh, or not just, just not getting the ball too much these days. So Charlie Warner, yeah, step right up. Uh, Definitely wouldn't mind it. And Drake Greenlaw has been playing great. Uh, Melissa says she's worried about the no running back rotation and the non-use of Jordan Mason. I don't know if I'm concerned or worried about it, but I'm a little frustrated by it for sure, because While I do think that Jeff Wilson Jr. has been, you know, great uh, through these few games, I also feel like it'd be nice for Jeff Wilson Jr. probably get a little bit of a breather. Let's see what Jordan Mason has. Definitely want to see some Jordan Mason. And even John Lynch this week, uh, it kind of sounded like he wanted to get, he wants to see Jordan Mason as well. I'm not sure what the exact quote is for that John Lynch, but it, it just seeing that I, I felt like he kind of wants to see Jordan Mason too. So he's just, he's one of us. He, he, he wants to, he wants to see Jordan Mason, Angie, Angie, thank you for coming on. Like I miss you so much. Uh, she says feed Jordan Mason. 
You know, Melissa said, excited for another week of Gibson and Hufunga. I love those two together. Yeah, actually, we're going to talk about that uh, very shortly here uh, because actually right now, let's, let's just get right into that because that's <laughs> that's the next thing that is on the docket to discuss is the 49ers secondary starting with the safeties. Um, that's how we're going to start this preview. So Tashawn Gibson and Telenohu Funga, uh, as a safety duo, they're currently uh, allowing a passer rating of zero when targeted. Zero, okay? That's pretty good, just saying. So they've only allowed 41 yards in their coverage between the both of them. So the both of them have only allowed 41 yards that's pretty crazy as well. PFF has Hufunga graded as a second top graded safety and Tashawn Gibson as a third top graded safety. Uh, so that just speaks to how good these two guys have been playing together. And this is where I want to discuss Jimmy Ward and his return because, look, my opinion, and I'm sure the opinion of most of us, is that he should get his starting job back. Like, I, I think that's what the 49ers are going to do. I wouldn't even question that. I am, however, aware that there are some fans that think that he should have to earn his starting job back. And, uh, it, I mean, especially seeing how good Sean Gibson are. And that's fair. I, like, I, I get that Gibson has been really good, but I don't know if I'm just gonna, you know, say, okay, Jimmy Ward, you know, your, your time is done. You have shined enough. It's to Sean Gibson's, uh, spot now. Like, I don't know if, if, uh, I could go that far. Look, credit to Gibson for exceeding everyone's expectations, uh, and playing at the level that he's at, like he's definitely impressed me and I'm sure all of us, but for me personally, Jimmy Ward, he deserves to get his job back without question. He's been a, a staple and a fixture on this defense for many years now. And it's not like he's regressed. Okay. He just got hurt. So he may take some time to get back to, you know, his usual rhythm. I don't think I've seen many players who in their first game back from a multi game uh multi-game missed injury if that's a phrase uh that they you know come back and immediately look like the same player before the injury but you know it's as far as I know he's he's still one of the better safeties and one of the more underrated safeties in this team um and so I think he's earned his spot as a starter for all the years that he's been here and he's been that guy so to me he should continue to be the starter. But I'm curious to know what you guys think. Should Jimmy Ward get his job back right away? Or would you continue to roll with Tashawn Gibson until you have a reason not to? Let me know in the comments. It, it could be interesting, right? Like, it, it could be kind of like, uh, like in the playoffs when, you know, Steph Curry was coming back from his injury. And so they had Jordan Poole in the starting lineup. Uh, I don't know. They could try something like that. Uh, but let's get to some of these comments. Cause I'm curious to know what some of you guys think. Let's see. Angie says crazy how we thought the sky was falling when Ward went out and Gibson has really stepped up. Yeah, he absolutely has. He's really, really surprised me, surprised all of us. I thought he was going to be getting cut honestly. Um, and so I, I'm not complaining about how good he's been for sure. He's been awesome. Uh, Melissa says, Steph, thoughts on Diamondor, Lenore, sack and dominance. 
Uh, yeah, uh, he's been great. I mean, I'm going to talk more about him later in the episode, but also someone who has stepped up and, you know, he has earned his starting position, right? Samuel Womack was a starter for the first two weeks, and then in came Lenore. Uh, the 49ers coaches said he earned his uh, starting time, you know, based on what he showed them in practice. And uh, just another guy that I don't think we're complaining, right? Like he looks great through these last two weeks. And I thought he covered Cooper cup pretty well um, in that game. All things considered. I mean, Cooper cup gives DBs hell, I think most of the time. So I thought that was really impressive for Lenore in his second year. Angie says people are crazy. He's the longest tenured 49er. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy, like I said, he's, he's been that guy. Like he's gone through everything with this team. How are you just going to take his starting job away? I mean, I get Tashawn Gibson's been good, but let's not get crazy here. Melissa says, I think Ward is leaving and don't break up the bond and chemistry between Gibson and Hufunga. Interesting. Um, I, you know what? I think, that's an interesting point because I do kind of think that uh, Jimmy Ward, seeing how Tashawn Gibson has looked, would lead the 49ers to think that they'll be okay if Jimmy Ward isn't here past the season. Uh, so I I do think that it will make the 49ers feel like they can move on from him uh, when he is a free agent after this season. And uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do, do they extend Gibson? I don't know. But so, Melissa, are, are you saying that you would have Jimmy Ward uh, benched and then just have Tashawn Gibson continue starting? Is that kind of what I'm getting? I get the chemistry thing. Um, but, you know, Hufunka and Jimmy Ward played last season as well. So, I don't know. Melissa asked, uh, so you think, or she says, so you think Gibson and Ward rotated like Tart and Huff from last year to get him back in shape. I think they could do that. I think that'd be an interesting way to, one, not so much, you know, have the bo- best of both worlds, right? Like Gip- Gibson's doing great. I get that he doesn't deserve to be benched, but I also get that Ward doesn't deserve to be benched, right? So I feel like if they kind of rotated uh, Jimmy Ward in and let him maybe just play a few snaps, that way he just starts to ramp up and get to that game speed, then yeah, they can absolutely try to do that if they feel like that's something that would benefit the team. Uh, Definitely something interesting that they could try rather than just like, I guess, benching Gibson if they have any, um, you know, reservations about doing that. Wally says Jimmy gets his job back. Yeah, I'm with you. I love your picture, by the way. Like this is, that is an, uh, Wally Llama is his YouTube username. And uh, sorry for the audio listeners who can't see his awesome profile picture, but it's pretty much a llama with a beard, you know, draped in red and gold. I I love that. (laughs) Melissa says Lenore just struggled with that one tackle on Higby on Monday. Yeah, um, Higby was giving them problems a little bit, but, you know, altogether, I think the defense was able to limit any big plays happening. And then uh, Melissa says I would keep Gibson and Huff, but I wouldn't mind Ward rotated in some. Um, Yeah, see, Angie, for some reason, I knew you would love it if you were still on. Thank you for still being on. 
Um, okay. Melissa, I just think Jimmy Ward and Emmanuel Mosley both might walk for money. Ward especially has crowed about free agency. Yeah, Jimmy Ward, you know what? If if the 49ers don't give him a lot of money, he absolutely deserves to pursue that elsewhere. And like I said, like if, if the 49ers, you know, want to give Gibson that spot next year, they absolutely will have that option. Um, and so It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I definitely do think that these last few weeks of Jimmy Ward being out and Gibson playing so well definitely, I think, ends up having a impact on that decision making, you know, later this offseason. So interesting topic for sure. When I think we'll continue to have uh, maybe throughout the season and certainly after the season. But let's get back into this preview. Let's talk about the 49ers corners because they've been playing Awesome as well. I mean, we can literally every position group that I'm going to be talking about today has been awesome through all four of these games. Charverius Ward, he's currently ranked nine out of 103 corners by PFF. And for context, remember this morning in the 49ers offense preview episode, I mentioned that JC Horn, Panthers corner, is ranked eighth out of 103 corners. So it just gives you a you know, some context, a good idea of how well Horn has been for the Panthers defense. But Charvarius Ward, he's been just as good as advertised. He's allowed just one catch for eight yards last week against the Rams. And on the season, he's allowed 60% of his targets in his coverage to be caught and 144 yards allowed in four total games. Um, he has three pass breakups, and he also has an interception on the season. 15 total tackles, seven stops, but it isn't just his coverage that has been good. He's also been effective as a run defender as well. PFF has him graded with a 92.1 run defense grade. And Melissa agrees that Mooney has been worth every time. Absolutely. I know it's so funny because when the 49ers signed him at first, we were like, who, who is that? Like, (laughs) we didn't recognize his name really. And so like every 49er fans first instinct is that he's a nobody, but then we very quickly, you know, did some research on him and saw that he's actually really good. And yes, so he has been just as good as advertised and uh, definitely paying off. And I think it's helping Emmanuel Mosley as well on the other side, who's also been great allowing uh, 70.6% of his targets in his coverage to be caught and 125 yards allowed on the season, which is less than Ward, actually. Uh, uh, Manny Mosley also has two pass breakups. And the one small knock, if I had to be picky on Mosley right now, is that PFF has him with four missed tackles on the season. He had one last week versus the Rams. So there's some room for improvement, right? But we got to remember... You know, to my earlier point, you know, uh, Mosley is the CB2 on this team, right? And for that, him being the CB2 is a perfect situation for him. And Mooney being the number one guy, you know, I think he's playing that role really well as well. So I think they complement each other very well. Both Ward and Mosley, they're going to be working against DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson in this game. And both are talented receivers, okay? Don't get it twisted. They're both very good. DJ Moore, he broke out last season with the Panthers when he had over 1,000 yards on the season, four touchdowns in 2021. 
Robbie Anderson, he had a great season in 2020 when he had over a thousand yards and three touchdowns. So again, talented group, but the issue with the Panthers receivers, you know, to this point, they haven't been able to get anything going with Baker Mayfield. There's just no chemistry there and Mayfield has been awful. And for Moore and Anderson, Mosley and Charvarius are going to be really tough matchups for them. So I don't think it's going to get any easier for them this week as long as the defense stays on their game, which, like I said, they've done it through four games so far. So I'm really expecting this defense to just continue rolling on here. I I remember like last season, you know, because the defense was also good last season, but they would have those games where, you know, they don't play to the best of their ability so far through these four games this season. No, I haven't seen any of that. There hasn't been any weaknesses really with this group of guys. And that's something to look forward to each and every week. The fact that the 49ers defense is going to be consistent and, and good in just about every matchup. Melissa says, Steph, it feels like a dream. Our secondary is so good and our CBs aren't a constant source of liability. Yes, it's a long time coming, right? Like the 49ers for a while have had the solid defensive line, but just it was always a secondary, like someone was always a liability there. And uh, really, even, even the secondary, even the safeties, which, you know, to start the season, we were worried about there's. There have been no weaknesses there. So, yes, it does kind of feel like a dream, uh, but one that, you know, I hope we don't wake up from anytime soon. That was corny, but, uh, you know, that that's just how I feel right now. Uh, but let's talk about the Amador Lenore, okay? So, Melissa, you were asking about Lenore, um, he t- who took over as the starting nickel corner ever since the Broncos game. And I think he's done a good job. Like I said, you you can tell why he earned the position. And I think a lot of what Lenore has done great won't always show up on the stat sheet. Like for a lot of these preview episodes, I look at PFF and I look at stats and, you know, that doesn't always paint the picture of reality. Last week, I thought that Lenore did a hell of a job covering Cooper Cup on many crucial downs. And I said it last week that Cup was always going to get his, right? That's just how good he is that, you know, you're not really going to stop him. You just have to limit him and what he does best. So he got plenty of yards in in that game on Monday and all that. But, you know, none of these corners, including Lenore, um, who you you might have called Lenore one of the bigger question marks going into the game because it was only his second start of the season. Um, but even Lenore didn't give up any big plays to Cooper Cup. And I think that's, you know, that speaks a lot to how good the secondary is and how good Lenore has been as well uh, this season because covering Cooper Cup is no um, easy feat. So, the good thing is for Lenore is he won't be seeing Cooper Cup this week. He'll be uh, lining up against Panthers slot receiver Shy Smith. Smith has been targeted just 10 times this season for four catches and 36 total yards. That's through four weeks. So not a lot of involvement from him. 
And like I said, it's already been pretty tough for these wide receivers to get going for this Panthers offense and, and have a chemistry with Baker Mayfield. So, you know, the slot receiver, in this case, Shai Smith, who somewhat of an afterthought after DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson, is not going to get those targets. Melissa asks, do you think Womack is being groomed for outside because Ward is the only outside CB here long-term besides Ambry? That's a, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, they could, I mean, all of training camp though, Sammy Womack played the slot corner. So I don't, I don't know if I can say for sure whether he's being groomed for, you know, to be an outside corner at this time. I mean, certainly now that Lenore has looked great, uh, they can definitely consider putting Womack there because Womack was good, right? Like, I think he he showed the game wasn't too big for him. He can it, he didn't lose his job. It's just the fact that Lenore kind of gained his, right? So, yeah, I mean, if it would be smart, I guess, for the 49ers to look to get Womack involved somewhere else. I don't know if that happens this season. Like you said, I mean, could be a long-term thing. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how that shakes out. I mean, I'm I'm just here wondering, okay, what, what are they going to do with Jason Verrett? Like, is he's not, in my mind, Jason Verrett, when he returns, is not going to be a starter, obviously. I know a lot of people mention the fact that you know, on nickel downs, they can have Mosley play slot and, uh, you know, Verrett be on the outside. But I don't think they do that. I think Mosley's been good enough that they can keep him on the outside. And I think Lenore's been good enough they keep him at slot. So I think Jason Verrett is going to be no more than a bench player. And I think he'll be a really good quality bench player, right? Like, you don't need a whole lot from him. He's getting pretty sure he's getting the vet minimum this year. So, um, yeah, you just hope that, you know, shouldn't any injuries happen, like a guy like Jason Farrell will be able to step up and it won't be a huge drop off in, um, you know, quality of play. Uh, Wally Lama says Demo was always in position last year, just never got turned around this year. He's more confident in balling. Yeah. That, that was always my issue with Demo was that he was always in position. Um, and just, you know, never really made plays. And yeah, I, I definitely saw the change in him. I mean, uh, at training camp, towards the end of training camp, like really in the preseason, like when I went to the joint practices with uh, uh, the Vikings in Minnesota, the last practice day, I thought he had his best practice throughout like the off season from what I had seen. Um, and he had that confidence. He... Um, you know, he believed in, in himself and the first practice against the Vikings, he looked pretty bad as did most of the secondary, actually, like Justin Jefferson was making all of them look silly. Um, but he brushed it off and he was able to come the next day and he, he really turned it around. So I think that's a difference because he's not getting down on himself. Like you said, he's more confident and he's balling. I think also the fact that Samuel Womack, rookie you know got that nickel starting spot maybe kind of lit a fire under him a little bit to step his game up and he's certainly done that so yeah I mean props to Demo I I'm a fan of his for sure 
Uh, Melissa says, Steph, seven sacks on Baker. Do we see another planted flag? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I think we see two sacks from Bosa in this one. That is my prediction. Um, yes, I, I think there'll be plenty of that. And uh, Melissa said Womack was outside versus the Texans. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was preseason. They could they could have him outside. Uh I mean, it seems he's capable of doing it, right? So if that's something that they want to try out, yeah, he's a talented guy. Definitely better than Ambry Thomas at this point in time. So, yeah, let's get him out there and see what he can do on the outside in the future. Um, Yeah, so Melissa says D'Amadora had off-the-field issues last year. I don't know too much about that, but, yeah, I mean, he just he looks like a different player this year. So, you know, credit to him. Uh, but let's get back to this preview here. So, you know, Dalmador Lenore, I feel good about his matchup this week. And like I said, it's not going to be Cooper cup. So it should be a lot easier for him out there, but let's talk about this 49ers defensive line, starting with Nick Bosa. Cause I know we all want to talk about Nick Bosa, um, in, in this particular game, especially, uh, there's a lot of, you know, bad blood between him and Baker Mayfield. And I just love the drama this week. He's going to be lining up against another rookie left tackle. I think to this point, the only non-rookie left tackle was in, was it last week? or I feel like he's gone against a lot of rookie left tackles this season. Uh, lucky for him. This week, it's Ikem Kwanu. Kwanu started the season off very shaky for the Panthers he had three he allowed three sacks, four hurries and seven pressures in the first two weeks of the season against Cleveland and the Giants, but he's improved a bit in every game this season since then, but the bad news is he has to play Nick Bosa now. So Bosa coming off his best game this season in which he had 14 total pressures, two sacks, two quarterback hits and nine hurries. By the way, I still can't get over the fact that Bosa had 14 pressures last week. 14. There are probably some ed- like some starting edge rushers out there that don't have 14 total on the season. Like that's that's a ridiculous number right there. To, to even get like double digit pressures in one game is insane. But uh look, I I expect another disruptive game for Bosa in this one, and he's going up against his nemesis. Like I said, Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure there's another quarterback in the league that it's more personal for with Bosa than Baker. So, you know, I expect him to bring it. And like I said, my prediction right now is two sacks for Bosa in this one. I think he's going to be able to get that. Sean Sullivan over here says Bosa had three sacks and a pick against the Panthers in 2019. Time to feast some more. Yeah, and that in that game, they didn't even have, like the Panthers didn't have Baker Mayfield. You got to remember that, you know, Bosa turns it up when he has to play Baker Mayfield. At least, you know, the one time we saw him, that was a great matchup. So, you know, I, I think he has a good game. Of course, the Panthers have changed a lot since 2019, so I don't know if we could expect three sacks again, but... That's why I say two. I think two is a good a good number, and he's well on pace to pass his, uh, you know, twenty piece that he's been trying to get this season. He should absolutely get that uh, before the end of the season. Ryan here says, "I hope Bosa goes off." We all do, man. At this point, like I think I kind of know 
that Bose is going to go off. Um, going up against a rookie, that should be a pretty good um, matchup for him. But at left guard, the Panthers have Brady Christensen. Last week, he was in on 40 pass blocking snaps and didn't allow any pressures against the Cardinals. So Christensen, he's been pretty solid for the Panthers offensive line. Just one sack given up on the season. And he'll probably, you know, he'll he'll see some Bosa as well on some stunts and whatnot. But he'll also see the 49ers interior guys. And as I mentioned, you know, I say plural because, you know, Kinlaw's not going to be there. Eric Armstead's not going to be there. So it's going to be a group effort, you know, filling in for both of those guys. And so Kevin Givens, he started the game in Javon Kinlaw's place last week against the Rams. Givens had two pressures, two hurries, two tackles, and one stop in week four. He also batted one ball down at the line. So Givens, uh, he's great. Very capable player. And like I said earlier, you know, Omenahue, Hassan Ridgeway, and Kerry Hyder, they're also going to play on the interior for this one. Um, and those guys will also be going up against Panthers center, Pat Elfine, 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 I'm going to say. Yeah, Elfine. <laughs> and uh, right guard, Austin Corbett. Corbett or Corbet? I don't, it's two T's. When it's two T's, it's Corbett, right? Like it has to be. I don't know. Um, but Elfine, He's been decent at center for the Panthers. He has five pressures. He he has allowed five pressures on the season uh, and one sack. Uh, so, like I said, decent. He's serviceable, you know. Um, last week against the Cardinals, it was probably one of his worst performances. So, you know, we're hoping that he keeps up that bad work, okay? Austin Corbett, former Rams guard, has been – the Panthers' best offensive lineman, actually. He's put up two clean sheets the last two games, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits allowed on the entire season. And uh, again, so the interior guys going up against Corbett, they'll probably have their work cut out for them. But, you know, I have faith um, in D'Amico Ryans. They have faith in Chris Kosarek, who... You know, they they find creative ways to test opposing offensive lines. We saw last week, you know, they brought out their bag of tricks. They hadn't blitzed. They're not a big blitzing team, and they were blitzing left and right against Matthew Stafford. So they do whatever they have to do to beat, you know, any given team. And so we'll see what that is this week against Baker Mayfield in this Panthers offense. Uh, but let's talk about probably the Panthers' best offensive weapon on the team, Christian McCaffrey, right? He's still one of the better, mo more diverse running backs in the league. And certainly as a pass catcher, you know, last week against Arizona, he caught all nine of his targets. And that nine targets for a running back is that's pretty good work. Um, and then he had 81 yards and a touchdown receiving but he barely got any carries in that one. He only had eight carries last week uh, for 27 yards. He went into the week with a shoulder injury, so I'm not sure if they just wanted to keep him from, you know, taking extra contact. Contact, Not sure. But, uh, yeah, I would expect that he'll probably get some more carries in this game. You know, he usually averages about four to five targets a game, uh, 
and then averages about 14.5 carries a game. He's gone over 100 yards twice this season, and like I said, he's basically been the only positive for the Panthers' offense so far. And so I would expect, given the fact that the 49ers' interior the interior to defensive line is a little shorthanded. They're going to try to run the football up the middle, probably. Um, because honestly, the 49ers are, are really good in space. You know, we have Hufunga, we have Greenlaw, Fred Warner, who can play sideline to sideline. I think they're going to try to, you know, get some plays going up the middle. Um, just because Ken Law and Armstead are out, but I think they're going to find out that, oh no, the 49ers defensive line is still good, even with those guys out. And so I still feel good about the 49ers being able to limit uh, Christian McCaffrey's impact. And kind of like Cooper Cup, McCaffrey, he's one of those players that is going to get his, right? Like, no matter what, he's going to have a, a good game. But 49ers, they just need to make sure to keep the big plays from happening. They just need to limit him. And if they do that, then, you know, I feel very good about this game. Force Baker Mayfield to throw the ball, you know. That's we, – we've seen him throw the ball. If he throws the ball, we're going to be in good shape in this one. I'll tell you that. But the 49ers linebackers, let's get to them really quick. Uh, look, the, the duo of Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw has been amazing in recent weeks. Surprising enough, though, PFF has – Greenlaw graded higher than Fred Warner based on performance right now this season. Greenlaw, he is graded eighth, and Warner is graded 14th out of 77 total linebackers. Uh, Greenlaw is coming off his best game of the season in which he had 13 tackles, five stops, three pressures, and one sack against the Rams. Demetrius Flanagan fouls. You might have been wondering where the hell he was last game. Well, he didn't play because the Ram, I mean, the 49ers played in nickel pretty much the entire game. So they only had Fred Warner and Greenlaw out there. Um, and so when it comes to who the linebackers are going to be, you know, covering, obviously, you know, they help with run defense, pass defense, things like that, in particular, tight ends, right? Panthers tight end Ian Thomas. He's not a huge part of the offense at all. He's only had 11 targets through four weeks, just six catches for 85 yards. And so not doing much, um, you know, so it is not going to be a tough matchup for the linebackers at all, uh, especially coming off that game against Higby, which, you know, Higby, another player who kind of was going to get, his no matter what, just because of the sheer amount of volume he's getting in that Rams offense. Um, I thought the 49ers did a pretty good job of limiting him and not allowing any big plays. You know, it was more so the Rams just like chipping away and Higby getting a lot of volume. Um, but I thought the 49ers linebackers played him great all things considered. And so Ian Thomas should be a fairly easy matchup for this linebacker group. Um, let's see. We got some comments here. Melissa says big play. Dre is back to beast mode. Yes, indeed he is. 
Uh, we love to see that. I know after that first, that week one game, like he was terrible for him and he is just, he's turned it up since then and he got his extension. So good for him. We, we love to see that. We want to see more of that. And uh, Melissa says, Dre always brings it versus divisional opponents. Yeah, that's a good point. Like maybe that's his, his favorite kind of game, you know, just playing against some NFC West teams. Uh, Sean says Dre showed character in coming back to his best after Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't let it get him down. Um, He very easily could have, Um, but yeah, he, he's putting together some good games. The fact of this defense being so good, I feel like it's almost impossible to not want to be great in this defense. Like that's how good this defense is. Everyone around you is great. And so you want to step up for your teammates, for the other guys on this defense that are, you know, balling their asses off. Uh, you know, that's, that's the sense that I get. And I think that's the great thing about, you know, this group of uh, defensive players and, you know, Dre Greenlaw, he stepped it up. He's definitely one of those guys. Um, Let's talk about Baker Mayfield, okay? Baker Mayfield, he's been absolutely abysmal for the Panthers. He has a 75 passer rating, uh, which ranks in the bottom three. You know, only Fields, only Justin Fields and uh, Mitch Trubisky have been lower. Trubisky, he's been benched since then. Justin Fields, the Bears aren't going to bench him because he's a second-year quarterback. But, yeah, that's that's – that's how bad Baker Mayfield has been. He has a 54.2 completion rate. Only Justin Fields is lower. 54.2 completion rate. Averaging just 186 passing yards a game. He has one touchdown, one passing touchdown a game. He has four total touchdowns on the year. Math. Uh, three interceptions on the season, including two last week against the Cardinals. Now, I tweeted about this uh, not too long ago, like a little bit before I went live. Baker Mayfield actually has nine total passes batted down at the line this season, which seems like an awful lot. And so this 49ers defense isn't going to make things any easier for Baker Mayfield. It seems like he's he's um, he's doing that all by himself, right? Uh, and this Panthers offense uh, – the defense should give him hell all game, quite frankly, as like I said, as they have every team, every quarterback they faced so far this season. Um, so I don't think it's a good sign for Mayfield at all that he hasn't been able to get anything going, quite frankly, against lesser defenses. And now he has to face the 49ers defense. The Panthers offense ranks last in third down conversions with three a game. Yeah, that's right. Three third down conversions a game. Again, against lesser uh you know, def- uh, lesser ranked defenses or they're, they're not as good as the 49ers defense. They've played, let's see, the they've played the the Cleveland Browns, they've played the Saints, uh they played Arizona and I'm, I'm missing one team. But, you know, you get you get my point. They haven't played anyone really even all that good. Um, so yeah, the 49ers currently rank 10th in third down conversions, uh, with five conversions a game. I'd like to, I still would like to see the 49ers. Oh, the giants. Thank you, Melissa. Yes. They've also played the giants, uh, who they lost to. I think the only 
the only team they've won or they've beaten so far this season has been the Saints, and that was without Winston, and they also didn't have uh, Kamara in that game. So, yeah, that, that just tells you what this Panthers team is bringing. But, okay, now I'm going to do my my overview of this matchup really quickly, though. I'm just going to get some comments. Des says, not worried about the defense, just hope the offense doesn't crap the bet again. Yes, that is basically the mood right now. Uh, and then Kelts makes a great reference to the TikTok that I recorded today, uh, impersonating Nick Bosa and his infamous post-game presser uh, when he played against the uh, Browns a couple years back and did the Baker, Baker, you good? I can't tell you guys how many times I I had to say that today, trying to get that video right. Um, <laughs> so look, let, let's let's just get to my overview of this game really quickly. So here's what I think, okay? In this matchup, the outcome of this game for both teams, I think, is largely dependent on what their respective quarterbacks are able to do, all right? So obviously, if Baker Mayfield can't do shit, they're probably not going to win. Same goes for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo has a terrible game, you leave that door open for, you know, the Panthers to possibly get something going. Now, I still don't think the 49ers defense would allow that to happen, uh, thankfully, but again... For the 49ers offense, the key is for Jimmy Garoppolo to get the ball out quickly. Like I mentioned earlier today in the offense preview, um, that's going to be one of the big keys given the fact that they have Jalen Moore starting at left tackle uh, going up against Brian Burns. I mean, yes, they're going to give Jalen Moore some help, right? They're going to line up tight ends on that side. They're going to line up Kittle. They're going to line up uh, Kyle Juszczyk to help him out. But still, Jimmy Garoppolo also has to do himself a favor and get the ball out quickly, okay? So that's the key for the 49ers offense, all right? Just be efficient and get the ball out quickly. For the 49ers defense, they have to force Baker Mayfield to beat them because we know he can't, <laughs> and he won't. So that's, that's got to be the game plan, and I, I think it, it won't take much to get there, okay? But the overlooked things, I think, in this game – is that it's on the road. It's not an early start, thankfully, um, but coming off a short week for this 49ers team in an emotional win against a division rival in the Rams, uh, you know, the 49ers, they need to make sure that they're on their game. They can't just go in there and assume that they're going to win. You know, all too often we see them play down to their opponents, and they tend to have those weird games where they don't play at the level that you know they're capable of because they've shown you they're capable of it, especially the offense. Like I said, the defense so far through the first four weeks haven't shown me that, you know, they would have those lapses, um, you know, in quality of play. But this offense, you know, still figuring some things out. I worry about them the most. And again, they have those weird games where, they just kind of slump and you know if the other offense isn't doing anything it's kind of like oh okay well we don't really have to do too much either because our defense is stopping them no 
got to get points on the board. Um, and so things for the 49ers need to click in all four phases, so all three phases. Um, and if the 49ers do this, they win. Okay. If they do this, if they execute and, and look good on all three phases, they win handedly easily. They're the better team in this matchup. They just have to play their game. That's it. So the offense, again, just needs to not screw it up. Uh, and, you know, the 49ers should win this game. So my prediction, my score prediction is 31-14. Um, honestly, quite honestly, 14 points for this Panthers offense is maybe being a little generous. But, uh, you know, they might also be in desperation mode. So, you know, I gave them two scores. 31-14 is my prediction. The 49ers should win this one pretty easily. Let's get to some comments before I head on out of here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Can Ray Ray hold on to the ball on kick returns? Asks newbie newbie. Uh, yeah, good question. He's had, he had that one. What, what does he have? Like two muff punts now? Is it two or does he just have one? I know both times the 49ers recovered it, right? So it hasn't been that detrimental so far, but obviously concern just because, look, special teams was supposed to be the improved um, unit, and it is improved from last year, but, man, can we just have a good kick returner like who doesn't cough up the ball? Like, could we do that? That'd be great. We, we need to get some nice returns going. That's what I want to see. Couch says, oh, my God, I did not see the impersonation of the Baker. I seen the one a while back. Amazing job. Go see it, Couch. It's on uh, – I could put it on the YouTube uh, – uh, what is it called? The YouTube Shorts, if you want. I could put it on YouTube. Uh, but it's on TikTok right now, and it's on my Twitter account. Uh, you guys know what my Twitter account is, so it's on there if you guys want to see that one. Uh, Melissa says, Steph, do you see Richie James is wide receiver one – for New York Giants are grateful for him. Uh, yeah, Richie James, I mean, just not even by, you know, his play, but just because every literally every other receiver on that team is hurt. Uh, you know, Richie James getting an opportunity, good for him, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he might be a good sneaky uh, DFS fantasy stream streamer this week so hey richie james stonks up good for him and newbie newbie says he's going to the game uh awesome man i mean i hope the 49ers win it and uh i hope you uh enjoy yourself should be a good one um yeah and then job john chapman is always is is always at the road game so make sure you catch one of his uh <laughs> I'm dying at this comment. Newbie Newbie says, John Chapman looks like Buzz Lightyear. He can totally pull it off for Halloween. Dude, that, is, that would actually be a great costume. Um, that's a good one. Whoa, Melissa. Melissa's prediction for the game is 41-3. 49ers win. Holy, that that's awesome. I I hope that's a score. That would be that would be really great. Um if it's possible, it almost seems like the four, uh, like the Panthers might be worse than they were in that 2019 game. So I don't know. It, it could be possible for sure. Um, Sean says Bosa gave a locker room interview, and all I could hear was Steph. Yeah, dude, 
people were like sending me videos of like Bosa interviews and was like, I thought of you and I'm like, oh God, what have I started? What have I done? Uh, it's pretty funny though. I might have to make those a regular thing because it is, it is really funny and and uh, pretty humorous to me to, you know, do those. Uh, so yeah, more more coming on the way. But uh, make sure you guys follow me on TikTok as well. On TikTok, I'm still Stragosaurus, so S T R A G O S O R U S, and uh, you can find those videos. But I usually post them on my. Uh, Twitter account as well. So stay on the lookout for that. But thank you guys so much. I've missed you guys. There's a lot of you who I haven't seen on the lives in a while, Melissa included. So thank you guys for hopping on today and uh, joining me for this preview episode. If you guys missed the 49ers offense preview episode against Panthers defense, make sure you tune into that. It's on my YouTube. I streamed it this morning. So go ahead and catch that one right after this. I hope you guys have a good rest of your Friday night and a good weekend and uh, talk to you guys later. Peace.